0: Boy, oh boy, did we kick up a hornet's nest today when we talked about what happened at golf yesterday at the PGA Tour's Genesis Invitational. And no, it didn't have to do with the play, but just a simple, quick joke exchange between Tiger Woods and Justin Thomas. Sunday marks an interesting and fascinating anniversary in this city, the 81st anniversary of If Day. What if the Nazis took over Winnipeg? And for our question of the day on Thursday, asking about embracing winter and what are we missing for more activities to do just that, and we put a joke option, Indoor Water Park, LOL. That turned out to be the Runaway Freight Train winner. So we decided to ask you about your water slide stories. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Friday, February 17th podcast for the start. It's Mackling McGarry and McNabb. I guess this Tuesday, Loren, won't be quite so bad because it'll be coming off a long weekend.
1: Man, I need this one bad. Like badly. I don't know about you guys, but I just like I just need a break.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> and I don't you. even know
1: what that looks like in the sense of, you know, I've got a busy, busy, busy weekend ahead, so it won't be relaxing per se, but I could just use one extra day next week to think about something that's not work related and everything's giving my head a reason to spin this morning i feel like tapped out like i'm ready just to who wants in in (laughs) your turn. get in the ring hey i'm dying over here literally you pass it out on the mat can you some help like that's who i am this morning (laughs) three hours
2: 53 minutes loren that's all i'm gonna say
1: that's all you got for sleep, I'm going to guess.
2: No, that's as far as we need to get. Oh. We just need to get to the finish line today.
1: I, th- I thought that was one of the numbers we could read out that has us, That's we're tired this morning, and that forecast, I'm so confused. It's like minus 17 feels like minus 34 with the wind right now, but we're going to get to minus 1 no. in a matter of hours. I, I know it still won't feel like it, but I just – I'm not understanding it.
2: Yeah, if that happens, I'll be shocked. But I think Environment Canada warned us earlier this week, don't be fooled by Friday's forecast high. Because they're saying it's going to be zero, but we were told very succinctly, it will not feel like zero, no matter what the thermometer says.
0: That's typically what happens when we get that sudden rise. It's because it comes on the heels of some sort of wind that's blasting through. And that's what we're looking at today. Wind out of the uh, south, 40 to 60 kilometers an hour uh, through the morning. And then it's going to shift to the northwest uh, around noon. Um, But, yeah, we've got minus one for the forecast high for today, minus three for For the high for tomorrow, and then it starts to cool off a little bit again on Sunday and Monday, but not too bad—like minus thirteen and minus eleven on Sunday and Monday. So, Lorenzo, yeah, if you're—you said you have a busy weekend, Lorenzo. If I I imagine there will be some outdoor activities,
1: all the outdoor activities are coming this weekend. We've got a. Kids going to festival today. That's why I'm I'm watching the weather because the kids, my oldest is going to festival, and you're trying. I'm trying to. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, is this? In theory, this is not boots weather when you look at that straight up in terms of the temp, but when you look at the wind chill and the wind, you're like, you're gonna have. I'm just. I'm anticipating a boot fight ahead in about two hours. That's why I'm
0: a boot trying, fight, as in like you know, I don't want to wear my boots, mom. Yeah. Oh. I want
1: to wear my runners. No, no,
2: no, 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 no.
1: It's never really a fight. We just sort of had that stare down, you know?
2: Like, yeah, I see you, what uh, you're reaching you, for you, there. You'll and win. And that is
1: just, use your common sense, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is a layer up day. That wind is nasty, <laughs> oh, nasty. this morning. Yeah. It's got bite. Does it really? I didn't yes. notice it. Oh, I did. Now, obviously, we park at Portage and Maine, and... And uh, live here eight hours, 10 hours a day during the week. But uh, when I got out of my co- car this morning, I really felt it. And normally, even when it's really, really cold, I don't feel it at all. It's mm-hmm. got a short sort of trip from my car to the building. But it was it, was, it had a bite this morning. So. Oh,
0: okay. And yeah, I see that, that, that at the airport, the wind is south 44, gusting 54 kilometers an hour. And so yeah, minus 16, windchill minus 30 is the update from the airport. so a little mm-hmm. bit cooler out in the open. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess when I, when I run out to my cab, I tend to notice more when the wind is coming from the north. Because the wind comes from the north and then cuts through my two apartment buildings in the wind tunnel that the two buildings Mm. create. And uh, I can, it's always, I always feel so stupid because I I, I can't even open the door to get into the taxi
1: when the wind is that strong. (laughs) So windy. I'll tell you what, I'll send the moose barometer out at 6.15 and he comes back in real quick like, you know you've got a situation on your hand.
2: Yeah, that's true. Because in the morning, true. it's
1: annoying, right? You want to get back in here. I got stuff to do. I got to get to work or whatever. But, you know, if I'm hitting the road and if it's a nice day, he's just frolicking, you know, out playing in the middle of the night. But when it's not, he's, he does his business and then he's at the door like, why is the door not open?
2: Well, and Whiskey's exactly the same way. If it's nice out, he wants to run around and play. But I let him out. And typically when I get up, I've got to do exactly the same thing as he does. So we both go downstairs <laughs> together. I let him out. But I don't want him barking and waking up yes. the neighborhood, so I'm it's like, race. do I have time to go and come back before he starts barking? And so then <laughs> you've got to you've gotta sort of monitor, is he enjoying this, or is this like a purely business trip outside? Yes. Is it in <laughs> and out?
1: Forget the boot fight. It's more of like, I'm going to go first. No, you go first. No, I'm going to go, then you go, because I don't have time to figure out if you like it outside or not. It's too much. So... <laughs>
0: Well, hey, our qu- our question of the day yesterday had to do with, you know, going outside. From the snow maze to river trails to Festival, there are a growing number of winter attractions in Manitoba. What's missing as we work to embrace winter. So the options we went with, Ice Hotel got 14% of the vote. More winter camping options, 11% of the vote. More places to skate, 21% of the vote. And then we just threw this one in as a joke. But it's, it was the runaway winner. Indoor water park, LOL, is what <laughs> is how the option reads at CJOB.com and on Twitter at 680CJOB. 54% at CJOB.com and 60% of the vote on Twitter.
2: That option should win whatever option, whatever vote, whatever poll it's a part of. That option should always win unless the question is, what is one thing Winnipeg should never do? <laughs> oh, boy.
1: So going forward like questions like what should we do, where should we put our investment our health care dollars one ERs, indoor two, indoor versus water versus park three indoor water park <laughs> Yes Listen I'm going to just say I've said this before I love me an indoor water park like I love Edmonton mall but it, it, if you had a park like that here you'd get to it once and then that would be it because no. they're expensive they're Stop. like 50 bucks a day dude
2: Stop can't I know You take your whole
1: family there five times a year eh. It'd be all you did then Okay like that's your fine. kids will be like, dad, can I have some money for skiing? You'd be like, nope, that's in the water park fund. Dad, can I have some lunch money? Nope. Water park.
0: That's a great point. I never thought about that. It's been so many. The, I've only been to the West Edmonton Mall water park once. And my gosh, it was in 1999.
2: It's been so I long. I it was 35 bucks then.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. I, it was what we talked to earlier this week about you, you, the things that we enjoy. You don't think about what it costs down no. the road that you don't and i have no idea all i remember is sliding down that the the super tall one at it? lightning speed
2: you did that one that oh. almost
0: vertical one of course i did oh. and coming I did
1: that one with the kids like, two years ago all
0: right stop and how yeah. do the kids like it
1: well sorry the, my oldest and i did it he loved it i like was in it terrified like because you could there's the one like I, you stand e- next to each other and the floor drops is that the one you're talking about? Oh, did the you stand in the tube and the floor drops.
0: Oh, they, they must have updated it since I went because the floor it's, didn't drop for us. Oh, the
1: drops and it's a British woman. Three, two, and you're like, what? No, not ready. And you look over and you're like, your kid's in the tube next to you. And then next thing you know, you're at the bottom near tears. And he's like, let's go again. <laughs>
2: that woman has a lovely voice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically that's how it goes. Yeah.
0: Before we get into what we're going to get into here, just want to get a a moose barometer update. Loren, you said that around 6.15, you're going to let the dog out and gauge the conditions. What was his assessment of the outdoor situation?
1: We are reporting at 6.37 this morning. It is pee time, not play time. So, no no messing around for Moose. He was back at that door. Like I was making myself a coffee and I turned and he's just staring at me and I was like, "Whoa." Did we just go right there? Gross, but also get in. It's cold. Uh,
2: Moose doing his Peter Warren imitation. Let's get right down to business.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh feel free to let us know too what you're seeing out there or experiencing in terms of the conditions at 204-780-6868. And in our next segment, we are going to tell you how you can win tickets to see the Chicks at Canada Life Centre on September 12th, and it has to do with a joke option we put in our question of the day yesterday that turned out to be the runaway winner. You can still cast your vote on that at cjob.com. Father of Manitoba-born son, out of options as deportation looms, and says, quote, I don't want to lose my kid.
1: I find this story fascinating and concerning because I I, I had thought... In his circumstance, there would be different allowances made. But there's a man who's now living in Winnipeg, or or was supposed to be living in Winnipeg, originally from England, who is facing deportation. And that means he's going to be left with no options but to leave his Manitoba-born toddler behind after a breakup put an end to his application for citizenship. Global's
3: Rosanna Hempel reports.
4: What noise does the T-Rex make? (laughs) Whoa.
3: JAMES ANTEL IS SAVOURING EVERY LAST MOMENT WITH HIS TODDLER OBERIN. IT COULD BE MONTHS OR EVEN YEARS BEFORE HE CAN HOLD HIS THREE-YEAR-OLD BOY AGAIN.
4: YOU CAN GET BACK MONEY, BUT YOU CAN'T GET BACK TIME. SO I'M GOING TO LOSE A LOT OF HIS LIFE.
3: ANTEL'S BEEN WORKING IN WINNIPEG ON A SPOUSAL OPEN WORK PERMIT SINCE 2019, THE YEAR HIS SON WAS BORN. BUT SINCE HE AND HIS WIFE SEPARATED THE FOLLOWING YEAR, HIS APPLICATIONS TO BOTH EXTEND HIS PERMIT and get permanent resident status were cancelled.
4: I even put in a handwritten letter explaining that my father and I love Canada, I love to be in this country, and I, I really want to be here for my son and please don't tear the family apart.
3: In a letter dated January twenty-fourth, Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada tells him he must leave the country immediately.
4: Yeah, it's very shocking and it's scary as well because I don't want to lose my kid. And all he's going to is that he's got no dad there.
3: Antel is packing his belongings ahead of next Wednesday's flight out of the country. He's been sharing custody of Oberin with his ex-partner since they split, but they've decided their son should stay in one place, in Canada, without him.
4: It's upsetting to us all that's happening.
3: Without a skilled trade or spousal sponsorship, Antel says he's being forced to say goodbye to not only Oberyn, but also his parents and two sisters, who've lived in Manitoba for nearly two decades. As a teen, Antel split time between his parents in Canada and his grandparents in England.
4: I'd like to be here with my family, my mom, my dad, my sisters, and obviously my son. So it's a heartbreaking situation.
3: Winnipeg immigration lawyer Alistair Clark says, Antel's difficult situation isn't uncommon. Clark says a professional consultation could help him explore other options including study and work permits.
0: He may qualify based on his work experience, um, even if it's not what you might think of as a high-skilled work.
3: Meanwhile, Antel is pleading with the government to reconsider his case.
4: And I'm hoping I can stay to be a father. Every kid deserves a father.
3: Rosanna Hempel, Global News.
4: So here we are,
2: James is gainfully employed, and I uh, know personally James's boss. And boss, uh, his boss tells me that if you ask James to start digging a hole, if you don't tell him when to stop, he'll just keep digging. That's the kind of worker that he is. We hear all over the place from all sorts of business owners how difficult it is to get good workers, to get employees, to keep their businesses going, thriving, growing, Loren. And now you've got an example here. And I'm sure... That there is some paperwork snafu that's happened on one side or the other, but we've got an individual caught up in that that would like to be here and that is contributing to the economy and has not just one family member here, but multiple family members here.
1: The hard part of understanding this is, like, I I get there has to be boundaries set for immigration, for citizenship rules, and all the rest, because you want to make sure that you are um, aware of who is coming in and out of your country and and where they're helping out in different sectors. I get all that. But he's come. He's got a family. He's got – sounds like a deep family connections here that go back a couple decades. Plus, he's working, to your point. So that, to me, would be a check in the, yep, I'm good with that category. He's got a kid here. Okay. Well, the kid's going to be born and raised Manitoban. And the challenge becomes that he can't afford a lawyer – And so his only option is to maybe apply under humanitarian grounds. But if you do that, then he he says he can't work. You can have a job during that process, which also seems counterintuitive if the whole goal is to bring hardworking people to Canada, which he sounds like he is. And so this is where it gets really confusing and murky who are within the system. And I think we would all be shocked if we rolled into an immigration court, citizenship court on any day to hear some of the stories in there. And that's not a knock on the people who are working within the system. It's just the system is complicated. I really hope that there's a way out of him- this for him. I can't imagine the decision to leave your kid here. I get that, right? You want to be pulling the son back and forth. I understand that. So now he just doesn't have a dad around all the time who wants to be here. That's not the case for so many other parents who are choosing not to be with their kids. It's, it's, it's I, Someone needs to point me out why I shouldn't be extremely frustrated and upset to, to hear all this.
2: This is maybe just a case, Brett, Uh, you know, I'm not a lawyer, lawyer, clearly, but this is, in my mind, a case of where the rules are getting in the way of common sense.
0: Weigh in at 204-780-6868. And you can read more on that at cjob.com or globalnews.ca slash Winnipeg. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, when we put together our question of the day, we'll just sort of talk about it. Hey, what do you want to do for question of the day? And uh, we kick around a couple of ideas. And then yesterday, Lorenz says, what about, we were talking about winter yesterday, embracing winter. So why don't we do a question like that? And the question... That was suggested was from the snow maze to river trails to festival. There are a growing number of winter attractions in Manitoba. What's missing is we work to embrace winter. So the options were ice hotel, more winter camping, more places to skate. And often when we're discussing our question of the day, we'll throw in a joke option. Yesterday's joke option, which often comes up as a gag. It's indoor water park. And we thought, eh. Let's actually put that in the question of the day for fun. So, of course, it was the winning option at, at uh, 54% at CJOB.com, 60% on Twitter. And that got us thinking this morning, why don't we talk about water slide stories? Hopefully, we all have been on a water slide before. It's a wonderful place to be, I think. but Or maybe you think it's scary. I don't know. 204-780-6868. Tell us your story for a chance to win tickets to see The Chicks, September 12th, Canada Life Centre. So, Lorraine, why don't you kick us off?
1: Well, as I was talking at like 6.10 this morning, I'm like, oh, this was going to be my water slide story. And then I blurted it out. But I do love Edmonton Mall. I've had some great times there. Um, They have some really terrific rides. But I'm going to go back to Brandon. And I'm blanking. Greg, someone help me out in the Mm -hmm. audience. David Schapansky, if you're listening, I know you grew up around there. I can't remember the name of the water park, but it was on the hill on the on the north end of Brandon. And there was a water slide that I'm pretty sure was called the bullet. And I know Grand Beach also had one like that, but the, the bullet would take you in the air. Like you'd go down, it was just three humps from yep. top to bottom, right? But you'd hit that third one. And every time you knew, like it was just back in the 80s. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if there was the same sort of uh, threshold for concern if you got hurt, but you would hit, you'd go in the air and you would come down so hard that by the time you got to a certain age where you were wearing bikini tops, sometimes that top would just not be a top anymore i'm going this
5: summer
1: (laughs) it's closed down but that is my memory it's like that kind of thing where you were almost daring each other you had to do it and it it was never a ride that i went on more than once on any visit to that park but you had to do it at some point in the day or you would sort of feel that secret shame like that kind of fear in that kind of ride do it at your peril but don't do it you're gonna be ashamed
2: I'm looking at a picture of the bullet right now, Loren. And I think it was, was it on Grand Valley Road? Is that a possibility?
1: I'm going to look at the map. I, I'm just, like, it's across from where the- Current Park, right? Current Park used to Yeah, out
2: Grand Valley Road. So that's, uh,
0: yeah. Wonderful. The, listen.
1: Oh, Thunder Mountain Water Park. There that's it is, right, Thunder Rob. There, thank you. Perfect. The bullet.
0: That, the... That, that particular slide, the one that they had, I, I've been on that one at West Edmonton Mall. I almost went over the side. Yes. I was like a torpedo going. It was fun, but scary as heck when I got to that third bump. I almost went over the side because it, it launched me. And, uh, yeah, I was basically a Scud missile on those water slides. Jeff Braun, what about you? Uh, the only one I've been on in the last 20 years is
5: the little one they have at the, the pool in Altona. It's, a, it's not a major water slide by any means. It twists and turns a few times. Um, it, it's, it's fun, but every time I go back... The steps that you got to climb the steps up to the top of it. Yes. And I was like, ah, is it that much fun? Because that's a lot of steps. <laughs> so,
1: that, I have gone to water parks with the kids and I'm talking even in like a days in, you know, where the water slides, not as tall as your house and been exhausted the next day from doing the stairs so many times. That's when you know you're you got to get yourself a gym membership.
0: I always liked uh, Wet and Wild better than the one that is uh, east of the city. Yeah, yeah. Th- uh, Mount, what is it called? Fun, Fun Mountain? Fun Mountain, yeah. yeah. But I uh, hated the stairs at Wet n' Wild. Oh, they, Wet and Wild. They, they those hurt. stairs
2: were crazy. The, 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 the metal grates. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cameron Porches, what about you, sir?
6: Uh, well, I've learned, I've learned a very valuable lesson from the children at uh, Disney World, um, the, and this is something that I'm, I'm, I've taken very seriously, and as I, as I grow, and hopefully if I'm ever uh, ha- able to have children or, or have children, um, I, I won't make the same mistake. Uh, you, if you're listening, please take this, this, is, this advice is very, very seriously if you're thinking about taking your children to Disney World. You can listen to the kids, you can take the train, you can listen to them on the bus, you can listen to them at the park. Eventually, you will hear a parent say to one of the kids, what was your favorite part? And you think, oh, it's Disney World. It's this wonderful place. It makes all these wonderful memories for all these children. The pool... That is the answer I've heard at least a dozen times. What's your favorite part? The pool. I've heard this constantly. So save yourself some money. Take your children to a water park. They are going to have just as much fun, and it's going to save you a bunch and a bundle of cash. And bring them when they're around 14. As soon as they can write an essay explaining why they should be able to go to Disney World (laughs) on three pages, 1,500 words, then they're allowed to go. But before that time... Nope, taking it, we'll go to Grand Beach. You're going to have just as much fun and uh we'll give you donuts in the morning and then you're really going to hit you're going to really hit new heights. You so, are
1: bang on. You are bang on. I've had my kids tell me the best part was the time they got to jump between the beds in Regina on the way to Banff to see the glorious mountains. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> the so, thing that
1: was on the top five was the fun of jumping from bad to bad at age four and six. So like
2: if they meet a dog at a rest stop
6: and the guy lets you pet his dog. Yeah. That was oh, the I best part. Oh, remember that
1: dog in Estevan? You're like, <laughs> what? what? You
6: know we know took you money? on the
1: Alaska <laughs> Highway, and you, know, you remember the dog in Estevan? You know That's a made-up story, but you see my point.
6: <laughs> money you shell out. To take the kids. Just, just, just take them to the beach. They're gonna, Cam, they're, they're the
1: gonna, parenting guru. You should yeah, write a book. I, I, you know
6: what? I'm very intuitive. I listen. It's my most important feature. I'm a listener.
2: Yeah, driving through uh, the the Black Hills this summer, and the boys got their nose in a book or in their iPad or something. Would you guys look out the window? It's like, Dad, we just drove through the Grand. We went to the Grand Canyon, the Rocky Mountains, through the Mojave Desert. This is this is not as cool. And then just dismissive. <laughs> it's just like, no, this it's is funny. not meeting expectations.
7: So. <laughs> Forte, what about you? When I was about eight or nine, once again, we went to a Disney World, as Cam was saying. We went to Blizzard Beach, their water park. And they have this slide that just, it just goes straight down. Like, it's super, super tall and just goes straight down. And of course, I'm like, I don't know, 70 pounds. Like, I'm tiny. And uh, so you're supposed to cross your ankles and put your hands uh, or your arms crossed against your chest. And I guess I didn't do that. So, like, when I went down, my mom's watched me as I'm going down. And my arm's apparently just flailing. She thought I was going off the edge. Like, she thought I was dead. I I made it. I'm here. Uh, But, yeah, (laughs) like, she was freaking out. And my dad went down the same water slide. And, uh, you know, he has more weight on him. And uh, I remember, like, the day after, (laughs) his butt cheek and his hip were just (laughs) bruised. Just bruised. Oh, yeah, because he hit the water slide hard. It's just a steep drop, and then you, like, hit the bottom. But, yeah, his butt was so bruised.
0: Oh, weird. Okay, well, hey, tell us a story at 204-780-6868, and we know
2: that not all water slide stories are good. What does Sean say, Greg? I just lo- located my shoulder on a water slide as I was approaching the entrance. I slipped, and my arm caught on the lip of the slide right at the top as I started moving into the tube. I had no choice but to go down that slide with a dislocated shoulder. I didn't know what had happened. I just knew I was in excruciating pain. My husband met me at the bottom, took one look at me, saw what happened. It was obvious. Next stop, hospital, vacation ruined. I've tried over the years to block most of that out, Sean. Sorry for uh, bringing up this memory. Oh, wow.
0: It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have Jets tickets to give away. Winnipeg Jets, Colorado Avalanche, February 24th. That's next Friday at Canada Life Centre. We're going to do some random Greg Jets trivia just after 8.50. And then just after 9 o'clock, it's our weekly Gab with Gabby. Gabrielle Marchand, host and anchor of Global News Morning, joins us every Friday to have a fun chat as we head into the weekend. I want to talk about something that happened yesterday at the Genesis international golf tournament. Tiger Woods is the host of this tournament and if he he finished the round in spectacular fashion, he got to close the round with three straight birdies. Uh, so he's in the hunt. That's exciting. When Tiger Woods is golfing, everything is better. But what I saw on social media, I thought this this has to be fake. This can't be fake. But it's being reported on all kinds of places like CNN. So, Greg, what happened?
2: Well, Tiger Woods is back. And, of course, this is the tournament uh, that he hosts, as you mentioned, Brett. And this is where he had the, the, the serious car crash a couple of years ago where he almost lost his leg, almost lost his life. And he was playing with Justin Thomas, one of the top players on the planet, yesterday. And on the ninth hole, he outdrove him, simply hit the ball further than Thomas did. And along their way to their next shot, Woods approaches Thomas and hands him something discreetly. Well, it turns out that it's a tampon and this is an inside joke amongst golfers. And so here we are this morning. Tiger Woods uh, has the the spotlight shone upon him here, Loren, and a lot of people will say this is just boys being boys, golfers being golfers. And I'm looking at this this morning going, well, you just released this Netflix series that I've been watching and enjo- enjoying called Full Swing, where you're inviting the public into just about every single aspect of your life. Like PGA, Tiger Woods, the golfers involved here, the game itself shouldn't be surprised that people are asking questions.
1: I, like I, this was a joke decades ago. And it's not funny anymore. It's just ridiculous. And he can come out and say he's doing it for whatever reason he wants. But the implication would be that you either played like you were on your period, sad period, or you played like a girl. And he's a father of a beautiful young girl. And I think he'd hate it if some way down the road, someone implied that she was less than or if she lost around, it had anything to do with the the idea of your gender. I just, I'm so done with the girl stuff. It's just ridiculous. Like when you sent this out this morning, I tried hard not to be instantly enraged because it's just how many times do we have to say, stop it, you know, stop it. Like you played like the insult is, you played like a girl, I, that's what I'm getting from this. And if that's if he's got something else he wants to say, have at her. But I, if this has been a joke that's going around for a while and it's funny to them, it's not anymore. It, it really hasn't been for a long, long time. And, and if a bunch of girls were playing a sport or women – And we beat the other woman and I handed them a sad sack of papers to imply the sad sack of the organ that can't survive a flick of... Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, it just... If I'm mocking the gender you played like a guy, that wouldn't have been acceptable 40 years ago or now. So I'm... You can call it a prank. It's stupidity. Yeah. It's ignorant.
0: Yeah. And when I saw that, I thought, come on, this is so dumb. And I... I Gets, I get annoyed on the golf course because it's such a typical thing for guys to say. Like, if you if you don't hit your putt long enough, if it doesn't reach the hole, guys will often say, "Ah, oh, you, you hit it harder with your purse, Susan," or st- stuff like that. And I just think, like, what? Why do we have to imply that be you're less than? Or that being a being being a woman makes you weaker. I played golf. I played around a round of golf. Me and my friend Mike. We played around a round of golf at Cottonwood a few years ago. Cottonwood's no more. It was east of the city. And we got paired up with a couple of ladies, a couple of like big burly softball sluggers. And they were pounding the ball way further than us. And so the 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 notion that you're a woman, therefore you're not as strong or that you're not as good just seems it's just such a it's a, it's one of these relics that needs to go away well isn't I'll one- tell
1: you this no hang on sorry I just want to say have your period have a period And tell me that woman's not strong five to eight days every single month for half of her life. So it's actually, if you're thinking about it, sending the opposite message. She's able to rise above a whole lot more and show a lot more strength because of the pain or all the other nonsense that comes with that than anything else. I just, none of it makes sense. Dave, I will not lighten up. Dave, I will not lighten up on this one.
2: (laughs) Have a conversation with a a female or woman professional golfer and find out what it's like uh, to golf in the U.S. Open, the biggest tournament of the year, and perhaps that coincides with your period. you want to have that conversation now? Mm. Who's tougher?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's also worth noting that uh, golf influencer Paige Spironak is weighing in on this. She's tweeted a couple of things saying, I need a, li- a live tour. So that's the Saudi Arabian tour that poached a bunch of the big-name golfers. I need a live versus PGA Tour Ryder Cup type events just so tiger can give phil a tampon after out driving him so (laughs) she actually she's in on this gag she seems to think it's fun she's like it's it's a funny thing it is mackling mcgarry and mcnab reminder that we have tickets to give away for the chicks September 12th, Canada Life Centre. We are asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us a water slide story. Like Stephanie, who says one time I went to Canada Inns for my birthday party. I went down the water slide with my two friends at the same time. And when we were going down, two more people decided to crash into us, which caused one of my friends to fall on my face. The other had their elbow in my stomach and I couldn't breathe the whole way down. So happy birthday to me, Stephanie. Probably shouldn't be right going down the water slide with your friends at the same time. But uh, which Canadiens was it, by the way? Because I've been to the water slide at Canadiens Polo Park, and it was uh, super fun. So tell us a story for a chance to win. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. This morning, we want to celebrate two Winnipeg high school students who earlier this week were both named two of only 20 recipients of the RBC Future
2: Launch Black Youth Scholarship. That's right, Fred. That's right, Brett. Black youth from across Canada were considered for the annual award, which is now in its second year and recognizes both strong academic performance and community involvement. The award is designed to help reduce the barriers to post-secondary education and training for Canadian Black youth. And, Lorraine, we want to meet these two extraordinary young people this morning.
1: And we're so pleased to bring on Fatim Jene, a grade 12 student at Centre. Good morning, Fatima. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And, of course, Devine Karuba, a grade 12 student at Collège Louis-Riel. Good morning, Devine. Good morning. So I want to begin. We'll just start with you, Fatima. First of all, congratulations to you both. But what does it mean to you to, to have this award?
8: Thank you. Well, what it means to me to have this award is honestly just... Um, I carry a very strong sense of pride for having this award, especially like as a black student. Um, I've been very committed towards my community and towards my academic pursuits throughout high school. And so seeing that I received this award, it's really just to show that my hard work ended up paying off, like ended to pay off very well.
1: And Devine, for you, you know, uh, I can only imagine the work that you've put in in your career at school to have this sort of recognition. Recognition. Uh, what goes through your mind when you first heard that you had been given this scholarship?
9: Uh, well, when I first heard that I, I got the scholarship, I uh, was very happy and I called my mom and she was also very happy for me. Um, it was just a moment of joy in my family because we've never... Really experience something like this, and to be the first one in my family to receive something as big as this, just very honorable.
2: Devine, I'm reading some statistics here that say 94% of young black students want to obtain post secondary education, but only 60% think it's a possibility for them. Does this money, does this award allow you to take your post-secondary dream uh, from hypothetical to reality?
9: Uh, yes, it does. Well, I've always known that I've wanted to uh, pursue my uh, education into post-secondary studies. Um, however, there was always a barrier between um, <clears throat> my education and um, Just the possibility of going to school for this scholarship, uh, allowing me to break that barrier, um, it's just very, um, just very helpful.
0: Now, Fatima, it's uh, Brett McGarry here, by the way. Fatima, you are the co-founder of the Winnipeg Black Renaissance. Tell us about that. What is it?
8: Yes. So um, when I was in ninth grade in 2020, during the height of the Black Black Lives Matter movement, um, me and a few friends, we noticed that there was a lot of negativity surrounding the Black community. And we wanted to shine light on this community and bring positivity to it. And so we decided to create an Instagram account, which is dedicated to promoting and uplifting um, Black-owned businesses and Black artists and entrepreneurs here in manitoba and i have been running this business or uh, this organization for about three years now and yeah i just really love it because it's a way for me to contribute to the community to the community um through like an online platform especially during the pandemic
1: so i'm curious you're in school but you're running this platform which would mean you're a pretty busy Kid Fatima, and I know kid, I'm just using it just in the context of your age compared to me, but when when you're speaking to these businesses, how empowering it has it been to share those positive stories because we also hear you know even on this station too often the negative gets highlighted, and we're not doing enough to lift lift up those really strong, amazing voices,
8: yeah, honestly, it's very, very much like fulfilling in my heart to like reach out to these businesses and help them. In fact, um, this summer, I was also granted a community grant in order to um, actually visit these businesses in person and economically support them and buy their products and therefore after um, promoting them on their Instagram as well. So, yeah, overall, it's just been a very fulfilling um, opportunity for me. I'm glad that I got to do it.
2: Both of our guests will receive ten thousand dollars per year for up to four years towards their academic and other life expenses, and that's life changing. I'm sure, Devine. What are you intending to do? What are your pursuits, and and how are you looking to to make a difference on the planet?
9: Uh, well, I will be beginning my studies here in my, at the University of Manitoba, studying. Uh, in the Faculty of Science and hopefully, um, hopefully furthering my studies at either McGill or University of Ottawa into bioengineering or biomedicine. And I just hope that um, receiving this scholarship and just getting the recognition will inspire other Uh, youth that are like me or that have similar backgrounds as me to um, follow their dream and to pursue their academic future as well.
0: Just listening to both of you talk about the, the things you want to pursue in post-secondary gives me heart palpitations when I think back to my post-secondary and how hard it was because I had a buddy who was in engineering and his workload was intense. And Fatima, you're also looking to a uh, career in engineering. What, what, what branch of engineering? What do you want to pursue with that?
8: Yes, I do want to pursue engineering. I'm not 100% sure what branch I want to go into, but I'm very interested in either biomedical or chemical engineering. Um, There are countless problems in this world, and there just aren't enough people who are trying to solve them. And I know that as an engineer, I can contribute to finding these
1: solutions
8: and to essentially make the world a better place.
1: I'm in awe of both of you. I want to thank you for your time this morning. Have you So first for you, uh, Fatima, have you picked your school yet? Do you know where you're going? Or is that still, you still have a couple months to make that decision?
8: Yeah, I still have a couple months to make that decision because I have applied to about five universities, U of M, and four universities in Ontario. I'm still waiting for um, results to come back, especially since the engineering applications are a a bit more rigorous than the other ones. And so, yeah, I'm just, hopefully in the next few months, I'll know where I'm going.
1: Are your parents hoping you stick closer to home? Is that a conversation happening?
8: (laughs) I mean, yes, (laughs) they would prefer that I stay at home, but at the same time, they see that, like, I am interested in other places. And when they were younger, they also, like, did not go to school where they, like, grew up. They moved to Canada here to pursue studies in university over here, and so... They kind of like understand that perspective as well.
1: Yeah, you can always come back home. So you can go away and come back home with a great degree. That's fine, too. And Devine, sorry, do you have your school of choice all set? you? is it still a work in progress, too, for you?
9: Uh, for me, I've decided that I will stay at home with my family. And I'll be studying at the University of Manitoba.
2: Devine, thank you for this. And, of course, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, What we didn't mention about Devine is that she emigrated to uh, Winnipeg from Tanzania with her parents. So uh, you get extra points for staying close to home with all the the travel that you've had to do in in pursuit of of this incredible dream and and where you're at. And, uh, Fatima, thank you for this. And we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Hopefully we can keep in touch with you over the years. Thank you so
8: much. I appreciate it.
0: Fatima Janay, grade 12 student at Santos Escalar Leo Remiard, and Devine Karuba, grade 12 student at Collège Louis Riel, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Once again, uh, they have been named two of only 20 recipients of the RBC Future Launch Black Youth Scholarship, and uh, great story as we make our way through Black History Month. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We've got Random Jets Greg Trivia coming up in two minutes' time. Just want to say thanks to all who weighed in. We kicked a hornet's nest just after 8.05. Talked about how yesterday at the Genesis Invitational, Tiger Woods outdrove his playing partner, hit the ball further than Justin Thomas on the ninth hole, and as they're walking to their next shot, Tiger very discreetly handed Justin Thomas a tampon with the implication that, you know, you're, I'm stronger than you. You're the weaker one. Therefore you're a woman. Here's your tampon. And we, I, it annoyed me because I hate that part of the culture of golf, the culture of sport and the, Loren, of course, the reaction poured in fast and furious on and like polarized either it's quit whining you babies or people saying, thank you for this. Thank you for bringing this to light.
1: Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the idea that you could see that it's a joke in the sense that he's making fun of him for outdriving him. I just don't know if he had to use a tampon to make that point. And one of our listeners weighed in to say, well, hang on. They're just making the point that he outdrove them. And overall, men can out usually outdrive women on the golf course at face value. And it's all about genetics. And so they're not, not making fun of him. But it's still using the woman." As the inferior. So I have a problem with that. Like I said, at eight, I'm done with this whole like you play like a girl or grab your purse or you use Nancy or Carol or typically female names to put someone down when you're implying weakness. And really more than that, like the more I think about it, the, uh, the period's no joke for many women. And it's tough to sometimes go to work depending on how you might live with the period. And you're pretty damn strong some days getting up, just going to work, let alone hitting a golf course or l- lifting weights or going to the gym or doing all sorts of the things while you're also dealing with menstruation. So I think that makes it stronger than anything else. So that in many ways, I don't think the point is made. I just, I'm sort of just done with it all. I'm not outraged. I don't think he should be canceled. I'm not going to never watch golf again. I'm just annoyed.
2: Uh, for years, you've had the black tees, the blue tees, the white tees, the red tees. The red tees were the ladies' tees at a lot of golf courses that reference doesn't exist anymore. It's the forward tees. It's the forward tees. And there was also a joke amongst guys. If you didn't hit it past the the ladies' tee, the red tee, what did you have to do? Look it up. You had to play the rest of the hole with a certain part of your body outside of the zipper in your pants. <laughs> Just stupid. But continue to
0: weigh in at two four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We'll add one more M in a moment, but one final thought on the Tiger Woods situation. Out drove Justin Thomas yesterday, the ninth hole Genesis Invitational, handed Justin, his buddy, a tampon. It's an old-school golf and sports thing, really, uh, that you make fun of your boys by uh, calling them a girl. Implied the implication that women are inferior. What does Gary say?
2: The calls on the chorus re-hit. Hit it with your purse. You hit it like a girl, et cetera. Poor taste. Been there for years. And Gary says that it was very poor taste by Tiger uh, to do what he did. Go play with the feel. female club champion, says Gary, and see if you'll be saying that again after you've been schooled on the course. It's a good point, Gary.
0: Feel free to continue to weigh in on that at 204-780-6868. And in the meantime, it's Friday just after 9. Mackling.
2: Joined now by the anchor, the host, the face, the voice of Global News Morning on CKND Television, Channel 9, Cable 12, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. till 9 a.m., Gabrielle Marchand.
10: I'm here and I'm ready to party.
2: (laughs) Must be a long weekend or something.
10: I know. We were talking about Festival de Voyageur and we were doing a game on our show where you take a sip of coffee every time you say, Hey ho. It's a Friday thing, right? Because they say hey-ho, and then, I mean, we said it about 17 times today. But, I mean, what else can you drink in the morning other than coffee? So it had to be appropriate, but. Caribou. Oh, there you go. I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get that going. News is getting real dicey by 8.30, though, if that's
1: happening. Forget that. By 6.12 with one shot of caribou, you'd be out. (laughs) Zonked
10: out under the desk. I won't be completing this morning.
0: (laughs) So one of the things we talked about this week, Gabrielle, because Valentine's Day was earlier this week, was your favorite sexy songs, Mixtape Essentials. So what what pops to mind for you?
10: I just made a playlist where I put a little pepper. I said, this is a spicy playlist. So this is a perfect topic. And have you heard the song? I think most people have. But Sure Thing by Miguel.
0: Uh, I may have to. heard it, but I would have to. It doesn't come to mind off the top of my head. It's
10: right in the title. Sure thing. I mean, right there. You go. <laughs> it's a sure thing. And it's kind of. I think it would be from maybe the early two thousands. Is my guess.
2: If it's from anything after nineteen ninety nine, I'm I'm out.
10: <laughs> Sorry. So they did. You think they didn't make sexy songs after nineteen ninety nine?
2: Just, just stop keeping track. I have my favorites. Like, my playlist is already full.
10: I cannot handle anymore. Oh, the lyrics to this
1: actually fit if this is the right one to what you do for a living because it says, "I'm the reporter, baby. You could be the news." Oh, (laughs) oh, no wonder I like it so
10: much.
0: (laughs) Speaks to you on many levels. Are the lyrics clean, Loren? Any dirty words? Because I've got the music going right now. I
1: I I don't know if I have the same song. Yeah, this is play it. it. Yeah,
0: is is this a clean song, Gabby? Can we use a safe radio? Okay.
1: (laughs) There was. There's the line there. I'm a smoker. Okay. It's kind of oh. I'm a cigarette, slow. I'm
10: a smoker. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, I know, I know this song, but I know it uh, from stupid Instagram reels and TikTok videos. where been they are
10: speeding it up. Yeah,
0: they speed it up, and then they, yeah, okay. What it's, a disservice they're doing to this song. Yeah. The
10: original, sensual version. Yeah. Miguel. Okay. That's Get a good down. one.
0: I like this music video as well. Um, I'm not going to elaborate on that. So, uh, the next thing <laughs> on the list was uh, with Springsteen finally coming to Winnipeg. uh, What's a bucket list item you've achieved? But I believe, is your dad
10: excited about this? Yeah, you know what? That's actually a bucket list item we have not achieved was to see Bruce Springsteen together. And we talked about going to different concerts and we always fail to because it always ends up seeming so expensive and we live in different cities. But with this announcement, I texted my dad. I said, Bruce, 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 all in big capital letters. And my dad responded, please don't call me Bruce. (laughs) And then I asked him if he knew about the news and he didn't. So I told him and since then he's been texting me daily guilt trips. Remember, my birthday's in November. (laughs) By the way, Gabby, do you remember my birthday's in November and you didn't buy me anything for my last birthday? Loren, he really wants to go to Bruce Springsteen. You need to ask him for an e-transfer of about 2K (laughs) then to get this to happen because that's a pricey birthday present. Guaranteed I'm getting something good in the will, Dad, and then I'll take you to Bruce Springsteen. Cold as ice. Well, I think (laughs) you should
2: turn the the tables on him and just say, Dad, just uh, coincidentally or... Just out of the pure blue sky, could you lend me (laughs) $5,000 and then just take care of things and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may.
10: I think it would be so fun, though. I have a friend whose dad really loves Bruce as well, and I just thought it would be delightful to go with our dads. I love my dad. He's the best. He's great. He's super fun to dance with and sing with. And I just can't even imagine seeing Bruce Springsteen with my pops.
0: So did you register?
10: Yeah, he did, actually. So, yeah? So it's was looking like he's paying. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> When's the D-Day for Tuesday that? Tuesday
1: night. I think you find out Tuesday night. Really? And then the tickets go on sale Wednesday morning. And this is all according to Braun's six-day countdown of when he can start breathing again. Yeah,
2: this is this is absolutely accurate. I'm hoping to not be here for the last hour of the show on Wednesday yeah,
1: only yes. if you get selected Tuesday.
2: I know, Loren. Don't, and I know who. If you get chosen, I know who gets to buy the <laughs> tickets too. It's not me. Poor Greg. I let it be
1: known. I let it be known that Jeff has dibs on my draw if he gets it.
10: I didn't know this was such a contentious thing in this well, show. Well, I, just think I went Jeff out into the newsroom
2: ro- and found out that two people that I sit very close to in the newsroom <laughs> are donating their spot should they win it to Jeff Braun. Ooh,
10: so Loren and who's the other one? Cam Poitras. Oh my goodness! And are you are you signed up? I you didn't don't care.
2: register. I don't care.
10: You. That's fair. <laughs> help out Greg, then. You could help out Mackley.
2: Forget it. I don't want anybody's help now.
10: <laughs> just bitter. You, just, you know,
1: it's like a like text contest. on my
2: own. Damn it's it. our
1: text contest. you got to sell it to me. And Braun really sold it to me. He's seen Bruce Springsteen. I've never seen him. He hasn't seen him in Winnipeg.
2: Ah, uh, give it a rest. <laughs> you Can imagine the neur- 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 neuroses if, if Braun has to wait <laughs> to see these the Bruce Springsteen in Winnipeg? It'll be unbearable worried about tigers capturing him and eating him on his way to Canada Life Center.
10: I have no words right now. I'm just staring at you. I had no, I, I didn't know this side of you. Yeah, watch got, out. I'm not going to get on your bad vitriol list. vitriol
2: in this blood at times.
0: <laughs> Gabrielle Marchand joins us every Friday just after 9 o'clock. You can watch her on Global Winnipeg, 6am to 9am weekdays. Gabby, always a pleasure. Thank hey you for
10: having Hey ho, us. happy Friday. Go
0: drink some coffee. <laughs> It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Oh, by the way, who won the uh, Winnipeg Jets tickets, producer Jeff Fortier? Darren
7: Sandberg.
0: Darren Sandberg answered the random Greg Jets trivia.
2: Greg, what was the question and the answer? The last Winnipeg Jet to win the CHL Scholastics Player of the Year, Cole Perfetti. Won it just a couple of years ago. Congratulations, sir. Enjoy the game next Friday against
0: the Colorado Avalanche. Now, right now we're giving away tickets to see the Chicks. September 12th, Canada Life Center, we asked you to tell us a story about being on a water slide. So one of our runners-up, Loren, is Audrey. What did Audrey tell us?
1: Morning. In the early 90s, we took the kids to Las Vegas just because there was a lot for them to do back then. We're at the water park that was on the strip and suddenly there's a big commotion. Everyone running to the lazy river where my son turned around to find Shaq and six bodyguards walking in the lazy river, <gasps> high-fiving the kids. It was such a memorable moment my kids have never forgotten. That's that would cool. be the best. Oh, just cruising down. A, and the Lazy River, there's something extra great about this huge man just cruising down a Lazy River, high-fiving people. I love it.
0: That's so Shaq. That's fun. Uh, Rui, one of
2: our other runners-up, Greg, what did Rui tell us? <laughs> Rui had a little bit of a uh, disconnect with the language in Montreal. Took a trip to Montreal, went to one of those water slides, and all the signs in the water park were in French. I don't read French. I read English. On my way up to one of the slides, there was a sign. It said something... Important, but of course I couldn't understand it. So I got on the slide and went down the slide. It was fun. But at the end, there was this massive toilet bowl style tube where you went around and around and around. And I didn't know that the water slide was really deep and I didn't know how to swim. Apparently, that's what the sign said. If you can't swim, don't get out on this water slide because the water's deep. So he gets to the bottom of the water slide, and he's got the lifeguard screaming at him in French, basically (laughs) the same thing. If you can't swim, you shouldn't be on this water slide. So Rui says, I'm not going swimming and Montreal ever again unless they have signs in
0: English. That's fair. They probably should have both languages up. Uh, But Jason is our winner From Quebec, we head now to Alberta, where Jason says, my kids actually started laughing out loud today when they heard the question you guys were asking. The summer before COVID, we decided to plan a trip to West Edmonton Mall for their water park. So we showed our four kids all the slides and fun stuff to do at the park. They were pumped. We spent about two weeks looking online at the slides and talking about it every day. So in the 14-hour trip out there, I was really talking a big game on the water slides. And once we woke up, All six of us lined up. Yes, the day was here, finally. So we all go down the first slide. I was last because I wanted to show the kids my speed. But once I hit the water, I looked at them standing there watching me, and then I suddenly felt this, whoa. And I had to run to the garbage can, and, well, everything I had eaten was now in the can. I turned pale. I said, I am done. And then (laughs) why... I walked through the mall in my wetsuit like a zombie to get outside and get some fresh air. And then I spent the rest of the day lying on the floor watching the rest of the family have a great day at the water park. Can you imagine (laughs) two weeks of anticipation, 14-hour
1: drive? Oh, but the kids are armed for life with this story. I'd love to know which slide it was. Like some of those twisty ones I get, and there's one there that's all dark. Like it's all enclosed. You're just spinning through the air in darkness.
2: Your tolerance for those things change over time. Oh,
1: things that I wrote in Disneyland
2: stuff. in my 20s 10 years ago when we went, I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. I can't do
1: the, um, at the park, the playground since the kids were the, little. Like the, the merry-go-round thing? The merry-go-round. I can't get on that thing. That is That thing's bananas. It should be banned from all playgrounds.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, Jason. You're going to see the chicks. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. In our next segment, we are going to check in with Hal Anderson, the host of Connecting Winnipeg, to find out what he has coming up for you after the 10 o'clock news. But right now, I want to look at something that happened 81 years ago. This Sunday, Winnipeg was occupied by the enemy.
5: Winnipeg sends her victory loan rocketing with a brilliant idea. It's Manitoba's dramatic if day what to expect if Canada and the United Nations were to come under the grinding heel of Nazism. Mock German troops invade Winnipeg, hauling people off buses and trams and placing the entire city under martial law. The town hall is ransacked and the mayor arrested as the Union Jack is hauled down and replaced by the swastika. For a whole day, the capital feels what it's like to exist under the Nazi yoke. The Winnipeg Tribune becomes Das Winnipeger Lügenblatt.
2: If Day is just one fascinating part of Winnipeg's contributions to the war effort and the eventual victory over Nazi Germany. Our Father's Footsteps is a book about four men who landed on the Normandy beaches on D-Day. Two of those men were with the Royal Winnipeg Rifles. To tell us more about these four men and to help us learn more about If Day is author Don Lovers. Good morning, Don. How are you?
5: I'm wonderful. How are you this morning? Thanks for having me.
2: Well, it's great to connect with you. Before we discuss If Day, uh, and it's uh, it's something, a part of Winnipeg history that's fascinated me since I was a little kid, by the way, so your email was well-timed. Uh, one of those fathers who landed on Juno Beach in Normandy, France on D-Day was your father. Tell us about him.
5: Well, my dad uh, tried to join up in 1939, and uh, he was rejected for flat feet. And then after if day, it seemed flat feet didn't matter so much anymore. So uh, they accepted him and uh, he started training and uh, went to England and was ready to invade um, Normandy and it was with the Winnipeg rifles. And he landed with the uh, second wave of the, the Winnipeg rifles. The first waves were um, injured very badly. They One of the companies lost uh, 150 some odd men uh, out of 100. 70 that landed. My dad made it in a few kilometers, and uh, later that morning, and then uh, he he suffered a machine gun wound to his leg, and the letter home and the letter home said uh, two inches higher, and I would have stopped being a man. Yeah. So that is my my what if moment. What if that bullet had been slightly to the left or right, uh, hit a femoral artery, uh, I wouldn't be talking to you today. So that's the premise for these stories: is is to tell the what what I call the what if moments, the lucky moments of the men in this book, and I was able to tell them with the help of the families because I didn't get the opportunity, like many historians, to actually interview these men. So with letters and journals, their their personal diaries, uh, family history books, and the actual regimental war diaries, I've been able to tell the stories of these four individual men and and uh, and how they uh, managed to survive.
1: You talk about the what-ifs here, but at the same time, the story begins with the If Day. And you mentioned that If Day changed his ability to sign up for the war. So for those who might not be familiar, and I think there are many, many people, Don, who aren't familiar with If Day and what took place in Winnipeg 81 years ago, February 19th. Walk us through it and then how that changed things for your father. So first of all, what, what was If Day?
5: Well, If Day was one of the campaigns used to raise money for the war bonds. And when I was doing the research for the book, I hadn't, I didn't really have any real knowledge of it either. And when I began doing the research and into the stories in the book and Winnipeg and and the Royal Winnipeg Rifles and the different regiments from there, I saw this uh, article on on the uh, web saying talking about If Day and well, what's this? So I looked at and it fit right into the the premise of my book being what if and. So the premise was is that they were raising money throughout the uh, throughout Canada through war bonds, war savings certificate, and in order to do something so big it could not be ignored, uh, the people of the the, uh, the man that was looking after the war bond committee in Winnipeg decided he would have a mock invasion, and th- that took place on February 19th, 1942, and they and through that they raised from the uh, 19th of February uh, through the beginning of March, they raised over $42 million. That's three-quarters of a billion dollars today. That would mean that everyone in Winnipeg today, every single person would be donating $548. So it's just an incredible sum. And if if any of your listeners go to uh, and, and Google if day, there are dozens and dozens of articles. There are um, YouTube videos showing it. There's YouTube videos showing the actual events taking place. And so all of this, uh, you know, got the citizens of Winnipeg fired up, and, and the, they managed to get more volunteers uh, joining up after this.
0: Who did you interview for this book?
5: To do the book itself, uh, I was like I said, I didn't get to interview anyone in particular because all the men were dead. So I interviewed the families, and they were. They told me their family's history, their the stories of their fathers after the war, uh, and using their family history books, I got to um, learn about who they were before the war.
2: Don, what was it like to go to? To Normandy, to tread on that ground, that hallowed ground. My dad's been, uh, my grandfather wasn't, he applied for service. I have his, his pin and, and the letter uh, that says he was not accepted for service because of a heart murmur. Uh, so I ask that what if question whenever the, the topic of World War II comes up all the time myself, what was it like, my dad said it was one of the most, if not the most impactful experience of his life to go and, and walk those beaches to to visit Normandy
5: well, it was um I was with a group from Winnipeg, including and, and one of the one of the chaps who was with us was a former uh, member of the Royal Winnipeg Rifles, and he's probably listening was this morning from from Kelowna, Brian batter and uh <clears throat> Jerry Woodman also from the Royal Winnipeg Rifles helped to arrange this tour. And we were with a group. Uh, there was 12 of us at touring. Um, we stayed in a, <laughs> excuse me, in a village uh, right in the town of Graciosa, which is less than a kilometer from the beach. And 16 hours after leaving Edmonton, I was walking on that beach and thinking, it took my dad two years to get to this spot, and all the training and the travel and what it took, and and um, just walking across the beach was was incredible but it was probably the the site of the cemetery at Beni Sumer where my dad's letter home after he was wounded mentioned four men that he had helped escort prisoners back to the beach with. And walking through that um, cemetery at, at, at Beni Sumer, I found the headstones for two of the men he actually mentioned in his letter. And that is probably one of the most emotional moments for me. Because, again, uh, those were two of the men that were murdered uh, along with 58 other men from the regiment after they were captured. And so, again, it was a what if my dad had them been wounded? Would he have been with these guys? So it's all these moments that throughout our lives, was it luck? Was it fate? That, uh, you know, was it luck that, uh, you know, your family members weren't there for you?
1: Growing up, Don, how much did you know of this story? Did it come out in pieces over the years or in other conversations? Because often we heard from the men and women who came back from war and how they sort of just put their heads down and and carried on. So I'm curious how you got to learn in the beginning about what your dad went through.
5: My dad used to relate little stories to us. And, uh, you know, my brother and I were both in the... uh, and the army cadets and so and he uh, he was proud of the fact that we were there and uh but he would tell us little little tidbits and um he would he actually had a, a letter that he received from the uh, family of a man from Texas uh he sent the uh, family letter to to them uh after he after he was killed he also had a a radio script uh that we had growing up that talked about uh the first four men back from Normandy after you was wounded. Well, as I began to write the book, I looked through all the family inf- information and I couldn't find it. But I ended up contacting uh, CDC and they actually had that interview and it's now posted on their website. So I could actually hear my dad talking about those moments of getting off the boat on Normandy Beach. So that was pretty surreal. So he told us those little stories, and so I was able to to put those other things together, and, and in order to be able to put that story together, and his journal that he sent home, that uh, we had that letter growing up, and it's in the family history book. So we, I was able to use that to piece it together, along with the stories that he had told us.
2: Don, not nearly enough time for us to conclude this conversation, but can we continue it another time?
5: Oh, I'd love to, and, and I, I really encourage. I think. Winnipeg did something incredible. Uh, the fact of what they did, uh, the money that they raised, the, the they rented uniforms from a Hollywood studio to, to do this. And if you can stand, uh, you know, if you can stand on Portage Avenue today and think of looking out there, there's pictures in the book and there's pictures on the website of German soldiers riding down Portage Avenue with their hands held high in an at salute. Oh. So uh, it's pretty chilling.
2: Author Don Levers, Our Father's Footsteps. It's a book about four men who landed on Normandy, on the beaches, at Juneau Beach on D-Day. We thank you for this. Thank you for sharing uh, this story and the connections to Winnipeg. It means a lot to us.
5: Thank you very much. And they do have some of the books at the uh, McDonnelly Robinson, and there's some more books on the way to them. So if anybody's interested in it, they can find one there.
0: All right, Don, thank you so much for joining us to tell us about this important book. It's just fascinating. I had forgotten about uh, If Day. So, Greg, thanks as well for finding that piece of audio,
3: uh, which uh, you found on YouTube.